Hey Geekscapists, I'm here with a buddy of mine, Trip Vinson, who's got a movie coming out this coming week. Uh, if you're in America listening to this, I know we have a lot of international listeners. Uh, y if you're in America, why don't you take Thanksgiving and take your family over to see this movie that he's got coming out called Red Dawn. The remake. Is it a remake? What would you say? A reimagining of John Milius' uh, Red Dawn? I would definitely say it's a reimagining. Or a reimagining. A, re a reboot. Uh, a it, reboot. That, yeah. that, that implies that you want to make sequels, sir. When you say reboot. Well... You're rebooting it for a purpose. I am of rebooting. No, we rebooted the movie because it's a different time. Right. That's so. That's what I mean. I mean, you take you take the source material and you have to adapt it, and that's what I mean by reboot. That's all. So the reboot of, of Red Dawn is coming out this Thanksgiving. I know that's the date that we all set in the states, uh, <laughs> but you know, late November if you're around. It's is it opening internationally at the same time? No. Okay. It's, uh, it, the, that's that's piecemealed out. Okay, so it's piecemealed out, we, and. So if you're in the States, you can watch Red Dawn. And what's cool about this movie, I think, is that uh, a couple months ago, you guys may recall, we were talking to the, the folks behind Cabin in the Woods, and they had almost a similar situation happen, almost literally, where they had a film that they had shot earlier, and they shot it, and then all of a sudden, in the waiting game to get a nice window for their film to come out, their actors start becoming megastars. Mm -hmm. Right, like like Chris Helmsworth is in your film, yep. and you put him in Red Dawn, right when he was about to go on the cusp of becoming a megastar with Thor and the Avengers, etc. Yeah, uh, how did that stroke of luck happen? Was it stroke of luck? Was it design? Was it the uh, word on the street? I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would call it luck. I think that you know. No, that takes credit away from you guys. Like it's, <laughs> you guys. Are, my apologies for that one. I think that you know. Well, it's not. Uh, what I meant by that actually is, is that Chris Hemsworth is exceptionally talented, right? And we read a lot of people for that role. I mean, he, Chris Hemsworth, plays the Patrick Swayze role in the movie. Those are really big shoes to fill. Yeah. And um, we read, I, I, you know, I don't remember how many, but quite a few people. And when Chris came in, um, he he just killed the the read. I mean, he knocked it out of the park, and we knew we wanted him. And luckily. Uh, with Red Dawn, we were we had the ability to cast the people that we wanted to cast because it was inherently going to be a very young cast. Most of those people, when you're casting young actors, haven't had time to become big movie stars, so you have a much more freedom to choose the people you want for the role and not succumb to other pressures. And uh, so we were very lucky to be able to cast him. And uh, ironically, he got Thor, I think, the day after. Um, he got the call that we, we cast him on a Friday and and he was cast in uh, Thor on that Saturday. That's hilarious. Yeah. And at what point did he do Cabin in the Woods before? Cabin after? in the Woods was before us. Okay. So he had wrapped that, and um, I'm not I'm, I don't remember the sure. timing of it all, but yeah. When we write his biography, we'll come to you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, so so Josh Hutchinson, yes. another one. Yes. Like, he goes and he does, I mean, and, and he's an actor who everybody's known for a long time because he's been in, in, in movies for a while. But then this Hunger Games thing, mm -hmm. which happened after you guys, right? Mm -hmm. Hunger Games. When, when, he, when he lands the Hunger Games, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like, you're starting to see the window of when this movie is going to come out because it gives these guys a chance to become megastars. And you can put them on a poster and, and Red Dawn is now a megastar movie. Yeah. You know, were you worried... Because you said that, yeah, we can we can discover talent in Red Dawn, but are you worried sometimes making a movie with young talent that you're going to make a movie and maybe they're not recognizable? Like, if they don't catch those breaks and you have a film, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, What's your focus? When, when, yeah. you're, when you're casting a movie, you know, 
uh, I think that you get you, you kind of go into the warp of just focusing on who you think is going to be best for the role. Okay, yeah. I mean all these other considerations about you know if I cast this person, the movie will open more. I mean those are kind of subconsciously in the back of your mind, but at least for for me that's not that's not the the primary concern. The primary concern is to find out who's going to be best for the role. And the <laughs> reason for that I think is. Uh, casting is so incredibly important, and if you make a mistake because you think you're being smart, you could get really killed later. Like they're just you, bad in your film, for exactly, the, or something just doesn't work. Right, and then you have a bad movie, and then you know, and then it's then you're you know the die have been cast. Mm -hmm. So, the, I think the you know the the, the 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 main concern has to be on finding the right person. We got very lucky in some ways that the people that we cast ended up being you know, incredibly talented and then of course went on to have big careers. Um, that, and that happens to talented people. So it's a good lesson I think to, to learn. Yeah, cast talented people. You, count, you cast talented people, you're gonna look good. Yeah, hedge your bets with yeah. talented people. And now the delay on the movie. There's a million stories about why the movie is coming out well after you guys shot it. Mm -hmm. What's the one that is the definitive story? What, I mean, tell it how it is. I mean, the truth is, it's it's actually in some ways pretty simple. I mean, the right. studio went. The, MGM was a studio that that had the rights to Red Dawn, and they financed the development and production of the movie. When we finished production of the movie, they went into financial trouble and went into bankruptcy. And at that point, um, the movie was immediately delayed um, until their financial situation got worked out. When they emerged from bankruptcy. Uh, there was one part of the company that was no longer uh, still part of MGM, and that's the distribution part of it. Uh oh. <laughs> and when you don't have distribution, that means you have to go find distribution, and that caused even further delay for us. And uh, eventually, they were uh, they they shopped the movie around to look for distribution, and due to the fact that we had made the movie with uh, Chinese antagonists. Uh, they weren't able to find distribution here in the states. In in those two years, it almost seems like China has had this influx of investment into Hollywood, and that that affect you guys at all? Absolutely. I mean, as they over those two years, it's interesting. I mean, you know, the the profile of the Chinese the Chinese and the Chinese market became uh, much more elevated. Mm -hmm. And um, and I want to just say this, by the way, we didn't make the changes ever expecting to be released in China. China has a very strict quota system on the number of films that are released there. And the idea that Red Dawn was changed so we could be released in China is ridiculous, frankly, I think. Yeah. What we did, though, is we did have to change it because the people that we were approaching to distribute the movie did not want to distribute a movie that would potentially offend the Chinese. But, it's yeah. a it was a business decision. And at that point, the people that, uh, that were in charge of that had come into MGM to, after the restructuring of the company said to us, we can't get distribution, so we need to make a change. And that's when, uh, that's when you know, the rubber hit the road for us, and we had to start making some, you know, some real changes to the movie and thinking about how to do it. So digitally, yeah. you changed some uniforms, or insert shots were shoot shot. Or what, I mean, what were the millions of steps that you had to do to the, first the thing, headaches? The, the, first thing that you have, the first thing you have to do is figure out the story. Okay, so there's a big problem when you when you consider making the, the North Koreans a part of an invasion of the U.S. Why? They don't have the military capability of invading the United States. So that was something we had to find a way to overcome. Oh man! And and it, it was <laughs> this really going to start getting crazy. Well, it was it was a daunting it was a it was a very daunting problem. You know, the, the, what I learned about this whole process is you have to ask the right question though. 
Is the question, I have to find a way to justify a North Korean invasion of the United States, or is the question, I have to justify North Korean troops in this, where my movie is set? And that when I, when once I realized that, the solving this problem became much easier. In fact, the original Red Dawn became a big, even bigger influence on us because I, I started thinking about what Milius did. Milius had Cubans in his movie. Right. And nobody cared. It didn't bother the audience. And so once you started thinking that way, it became easier to find a way to do it. And what we did was we created uh, an alternate timeline that the movie is set in. So Russia has gone through some changes. Uh, the world uh, economy has gone through some changes. A lot of bad things have happened. And a lot of bad things have happened that could happen, but they happen in our world. And once we, that, and that, that's the opening credit sequence of the movie. Mm -hmm. And that sets the stage for, I hope, uh, the audience to go along with us when they see North Korean troops in the Pacific Upper Northwest where the movie's set. Right. The changes that we actually had to make physically to the movie were included uh, visual effects work to uh, uh, flags on uh, uniforms, uh, flags in the movie, um, and um, you know some other things. We had propaganda posters and some other things that had to be changed. It was you know it was a couple hundred shots. I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, I want to say it was about 400 shots that we ended up doing. Uh, it was very detailed. We went through every single frame and wiped out any. Uh, reference to the Chinese. There was two scenes that had to be re-edited and some ADR work, and that was it. And a new credit sequence, as I mentioned, to set the stage for the world that Red Dawn is in. Wow. Those, those are the changes we made. Did you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear the lengths that he went to to make you guys a movie? <laughs> you better be thankful for that on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Go see this thing. And so you had that. Was there any time during the MGM uh, like bankruptcy and that whole ordeal where you were like, oh my God, I got this movie in the can. And now this is going to happen. It, you know, was there any point where you were just like, are they ever going to come out of this? Is our film ever going to come out of this? I or, was concerned when the, I mean, I, 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 my timeline could be screwed up here, but I believe that the bankruptcy was announced right at the end of production. Like, I want to say it was the <laughs> oh, last geez. week of production. It was something crazy Right during like your that. party. Right during your rap Pretty party. much. Yeah, I was, probably, I was probably intoxicated when I heard. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so yeah, there was a little bit of concern about that. I mean, MGM's a big company. I figured they'd, they'd uh, figure something out. Um, my bigger concern, frankly, was when they, they told me they couldn't get distribution for the movie and that mm. there were gonna be changes that had to be made to it. I mean, at that point, I'd already posted the movie. And I was- Movie was done, movie was the delivered. Movie was, was, was delivered, it was completely finished. And that was, that was, that was a hard thing to hear. And, and emotionally, you, know, you get invested in your work and you know, you think it's perfect the way it is, even though it's not. But, yeah. you know, I'm just well, telling you emotionally that's how you feel yet. about it. Right. I could come out so. of it and be crying and be like, I'm, I'm <laughs> proud to be an American. <laughs> right. Well, that's right. Come and get so, us, North Koreans. See what happens. You know, and by the way, there was one other thing, you know, and there's additional pressure on something like Red Dawn because it's a remake and it's, yeah. it's a movie that's loved. And by the way, it was loved by me. That's why I wanted to do it. Um, and you want to, you don't want to. You want to screw it up. You can, you, say, you can say, this is the internet. And, and here's the thing. Here, here's what, we, when you were talking about China, uh, we, we've been banned in China. We, we have kids who've moved from London or Australia to China, and they've gotten on our message boards and said, I can't download your podcast really? here. Okay. And I think it was because I said words like fuck. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so, so you went into like a, a, an emotional like whirlwind, and I'm not going to make you out to be some guy who's like, oh, my God. But you, uh, you started scrambling for options. Yeah. 
and when you've got other movies in production you've got mm-hmm. you, you know you had the sequel to Center of the Earth yeah Journey to Center Journey, of the Earth yeah and you've got a, you've got a whole slate of movies and you're sitting here going oh man but this one that I thought was done where it drags me back into yeah totally it. absolutely and it takes but that's exactly what happened I mean there's there's, there's, I, I, it's, I hadn't thought of it, but it's You just true. want to put it to bed. Yeah, you want to put it to bed when you're, when you're done with it. And you want, you know, the other thing is you want it to see the light of day out because you put all this work into it. And one of the things I love about this, what I do is it's, it's, it's the most democratic business. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, people get to vote and they get to vote if you did a good job or not. And every time you, you finish a movie, I mean, you, you, you serve it up and, you know, you take your hits or you're a hero goes either way. What's the one that you, you've been most revered for, you know, like from the audience? What's the one that was like, it's like, oh, that's the one you were really proud of because people got it and... The one that, I mean, I hate to answer that question, but I, I mean, know. I do have an answer. Well, they're all your babies. I, 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 I do have an babies. answer for it. I mean, when uh, there, was a, there was a movie I did many years ago now that was called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. And that had no stars in it. But Derek... Uh, just got another movie. Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. Yeah, we, we did a promotional screening for uh, Lionsgate for, their, for, for his last movie, um, Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, my buddy Adrian just hired him to do this Deus Ex movie. Yeah, he's a great so guy. So you take Scott Derrickson you give him this movie. Well, no, actually, Scott Scott was somebody I had known as. Scott started his career as a writer, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I knew, you know, I, he went to USC, and I'd seen his student films. I knew he had uh, ambitions to be a director, and we became friends, uh, you know, over the years. And when he uh, wrote, uh, well, he found he found this idea for a movie, basically, which was based on a true story. And he luckily he came to me with it, and he said, "I want to write this, and I want to direct it." And uh, that was a nice thing to hear. And I want you to produce it. I should have included <laughs> that part of it. Right. And uh, so we went and, and uh, developed the script and uh, developed it completely outside of the studio system, and then sold it. And and it, it went into production very quickly. And I, I remember. The uh, the night that it, the movie opened, um, my wife uh, checked the fax machine. This is back when we had fax machines. It was like right. 10 years ago or whatever. Um, Sony had uh, faxed us the box office results. And uh, our, that movie opened to $11 million on a Friday night. And I saw it, and I'm... I'm like I'm confused. Is this for the weekend? I thought yeah, I thought like it was we may the, make. Is this where they project? This yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of that movie sort of came out of nowhere and did really well. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was you know really really. It was proud a good movie. And, and you had the uh, Jennifer from Dexter. Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter from yeah. Dexter. You guys know her as yeah. Dexter's sister. And I'll show you a picture. I have a picture she over did, there of her. And and she was kind of like the breakout in that movie. Yeah. Her performance. Her performance was, was unbelievable. That's the movie. She went through. Uh, much. She did. I'm going to say training, but right. I don't know. How do you train for that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, she was, in a pa- she was in a padded room uh, doing all kinds of things for several weeks, uh-huh. uh, working out that performance. You had her work out the MGM deal. <laughs> you were like, listen, Jennifer, I need you to change all of these costumes to North Koreans. And um, when you're out, we'll be, re- we'll be on set waiting for you. Yeah. You'll be re- I mean, I, I, now I'm being really mixy with the, with the timeline. So that one's you're, you're proud of. What about a movie that you were like, Wait, you guys don't get it, and you think that you're looking at an insane world. Well, like, I don't. I don't look at it that way. I think mm-hmm. that <clears throat> if you do your job and you make a good movie, they come. And, right. And so the the times that that I've failed, I think you know, I think there's lessons to be learned from it. And that's that's the way I. Just go with this positive attitude. It's not positive. <laughs> I think it's just real, reality. realistic. Right. You know. <laughs> This, again, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's very cool. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I want. Okay. It matters, the, what matters is the product. 
And if the product is good and touches people, then they come and spend their money on it. And you're so proud of this Red Dawn? I After am. After everything you went through, because you walked through glass like, like freaking Bruce Willis. I, I really am very, very proud of it, I have to say. I stand by it. So, I mean, uh, we, don't yeah. know, we don't know how it's going to do yet. We don't know but, how it's going to do. But I, I, I think that, I can tell you this, it's, it's a, this movie is something that I look at and I say, you know, what was, what was uh, set out, what we set out to achieve was achieved. Now, whether that was the right thing, the audience decides sure. that. But what we intended to do was, was accomplished. Right. And now it's up to you guys. Now he, it's up he, to you guys. He, he just threw you down the gauntlet. <laughs> and the movie has tons of explosions. It does. Right? I mean, because here's the thing. We're in the middle of award season. And I'm looking at, to go and see a movie. And I'm like, do I want to go see it and sit through Lincoln? Do I want to sit through Flight? Do I want to sit through... And I have respect for all those movies. I mean, Barry, I mean all those guys are great directors. But I'm like... Maybe sometimes you just want to go and be like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving, and I want to see shit blow up. <laughs> and behind those explosions and in front of those explosions, I want to see an American flag. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see more shit blow up. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's going to make out with a chick and get the chick, right? <laughs> and you know it's the chick from G.I. Joe and Conan, another John Milius remake. And I hope this does better than that remake, because I was thinking maybe John Milius remakes are cursed after that Conan remake. Man, did you see that Conan remake? I oh, didn't, okay. no. Okay, no comment. So... <laughs> I bet he did, but he couldn't say anything because she's you know, in this movie, right? And, and John, so, John Milius deserves better. I, I know that, even yeah, though I didn't John see the John Milius. I mean, when I saw that the Red Dawn was getting remade, I was like, man, that's scary. To touch that? Yeah. Scary. I was, agree. I mean, you had trepidation. I felt the same thing. I was, I was, I was, I, there was, a, there was that, that sort of scared feeling, but also excitement. And Can and, I do this? Can, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you can you pull this off? And that's what convinced you to do this. No, I mean it's just an honor to even be to to, to try it. You have know? I mean, I would What's that? Have the opportunity to do yeah, it. Yeah, let's go for absolutely. it. Absolutely. Why not? If you guys don't like it, the movie's still sitting there. Right. You can sit there and watch uh, see Thomas Howell and run around with that. You know, it's a good see Thomas Howell movie. Yeah. So you can always have that. You can have Charlie Sheen back during the normal years. And have but, Patrick but, but, but the weight of that of the original was was felt by all of us. I can mm-hmm. I can honestly tell you that, and that was something that, you know, you got to deal with, and and you, you yeah, I think it makes you work harder. You know, I mean, it, that movie set the bar really high. So. Did Millie's contact you? No. Did you get a blessing? No. No. Nothing. Absolutely. Is I, it I, we, we, I, I, he, I've never spoken to him about it. I know, I, you know, I've heard he said publicly that you know he's obviously completely against it, which I against I res- it. Yeah. Which, he has his movie. I like John. He Williams, does, but, but this is his baby, his and oh. I, I respect that. I totally, I totally. I thought the Jaws speech was his baby. <laughs> That's his baby too. You know, the Quinn so is that one? The Quinn speech in Jaws. I have an Apocalypse, an Apocalypse Now poster now. on my wall. Come on, John. You've had a, you, you've had a good run, buddy. You've had a good run. Let people play in the toy chest, all right? <laughs> well, look, you know, I'm I, across I, I'm, from this guy. He seems all right. I'm sympathetic to to that, and I totally, I'm sure I would feel the same way. So I don't. We didn't I, go back in George Lucas's movie. You, yeah. went, you went and did like a cover version. Right. What's wrong with that? You see any rock stars being like, wait, you can't cover my albums. You can't cover my songs. How many times has the Beatles been covered? And did you see any of them be like, no, don't cover my songs. It, am I speaking that this is different? Uh, it's, well, you know, it's a personal thing. It is a personal thing. Listen, John, we'll, we'll send you a Geekscape shirt or something to make you feel better. I mean, I, we have nothing but the utmost respect for John Williams. Like, we, like literally, I was like, oh, are they really remaking Red Dawn? And I was yeah. mad about it for a day. <laughs> and 
what's the point of being mad about remakes? It seems like the internet just waits for a remake to show up so they can just be mad and justify the fact that they're on the internet. No one's going in and taking your Here's DVDs the thing about and remakes, taking though. them out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah, celebrations. Well, exactly. Well, that's the way I look at this. But the other thing we were talking earlier before you were recording about stories. Yes. And uh, you know, some very famous people have said the same stories are told over and over again. I believe that's true. And you know, I don't see that. I don't see a big difference between doing a remake trying to bring something new to it and celebrating, you know, whatever the original material or the original movie, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, yeah, I don't, I don't, if, even if we came up with something new, chances are there are going to be a lot of story points or characters or whatever that have been seen before. It's just yeah. the way it goes. So, so I, I don't have a problem with that as too long bad, as internet. you bring something new <laughs> to it. So you brought something new to it, Thor's abs. Do we see his abs in the Thor's abs. Uh, there's other things. The guy we, from we, we changed the story a bit. Okay. Um, I mean, this movie is, I would, I would, uh, I'd say it's much more of a Black Hawk Down vibe than, a, or, than a, the rural vibe of, of the original. I mean, it's an urban warfare movie. Okay. In the other one, they just hit it out in trees. Yeah. And now they're fighting in the alleys. That's, that's, guys, go see this movie. All right? He busted his butt for like five years making this movie. <laughs> First, he had to deal with Bad emails from John Millions. I'm kidding. Now I'm making stuff up. <laughs> no. Uh, last question. I got to ask you about one more remake that is sitting on your IMDb page, and this is one that the geeks hold dearly. Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baywatch. Uh, What's up with Baywatch? Baywatch is in development. It's um, it's been a very hard uh, project to crack, and hmm. finding the right tone and how much to. Uh, you know, adhere to the original material. And but how you've much got a guy, I think, who I really like. In you, you is Ben Grant. Mm -hmm. Ben Grant. I met this guy at Comic Con. You guys know him because he and Thomas London run around crazy, and they write really good scripts. And they're also really funny because you know him from Reno 911 and stuff. And Ben Grant is somebody who I met years ago at Comic Con, and I should have him on the show because I, I you know, every time I see him, he goes, "Hey," and he gives me a card. And like he just seems so open. He's not protective industry guy. Mm -hmm. He's a cool. I came up through improv, and yeah. I'm just another dude guy. And when I read that you guys are giving Ben Grant from Reno 911 Baywatch, like, it's a good it. sign, that's, isn't it? Well, that sold it for me because right. you're you get, right. You get the what tone, it could be. You get what the tone should yeah. be. Yeah. Not what it could be, but it should be. I mean, the Reno 911 stuff with a mix of some seriousness, some action. Yeah. And those guys, a little wink. I no, totally agree. Not a condescending wink, wink. Yeah. Not a stupid wink, wink. But uh, let's have fun for two and a half hours or two hours. And if there's girls in it, there's girls in it. By the way, look at what they did with Twenty One Jump Street. They, 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 they were, you know, they tipped their hat to the original. They made it their own. They made fun of it sometimes, but it was in a very respectful way. I think that's a that's a really nice model to look at. And those guys, I think, are going to do a great job with this. So listen, he, but he's going to need the money to do it. So you guys got to go see the, <laughs> So you guys got to go see this Red Dawn. If you want your 21 Drum Street style Ben Garant Baywatch, you need to listen. Don't fall asleep after you eat that turkey. Don't you fall asleep. You slap you slap each other in the face. Get your grandma, slap her in the face and take her to see Red Dawn. Cuz isn't that what you do on Thanksgiving? You just like fall asleep, right? He, Pretty much. Tyson's here. He's from Canada. Like I don't know what he's he talking know. about. Why he are you doesn't asking know him? what he's talking about. We're going to give him a polio blanket after this interview. <laughs> Show them how show, show them how show them how we do it in, in, in America. So uh, listen, Trip, you've been awesome. Thank you. We are looking forward to Red Dawn. We are looking forward to rewatching Emily Rose. <laughs> but we're looking forward to Red Dawn. Let's go watch some. Uh, let's go watch and celebrate America, guys. 
flags and explosions in the guy who played Thor, in the kid from the Hunger Games, and the girl from she was in Conan. This is her second. This is her second John Williams movie. Yeah. So best of luck, Trip. Okay, luck thank you. Week. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I hope that Baywatch movie happens soon because <laughs> Ben's perfect for it. I agree. All right, cool.